Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. And I've got some really good feedback going on. Hi, Fight Club, and welcome to Tuesday, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good to see all these beautiful faces. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Fight Club for Business. We're the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we're joined this week by our guest, Gosha. We're so excited to have you with us. Do you mind just giving the listeners just a brief rundown of yourself and your business? Hi, good morning, everyone. Good morning, ladies. I am, uh, my name is Gosha Baron. I am uh, in a very, very cold Chicago. It's all, <laughs> it's a high of three degrees today. Um, yes, um, I own Helping Hands Cleaning Services and we've been in business for 20 years. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary. And we do commercial, residential, primarily residential. We are 21% uh, commercial, but um, uh, it's, it's been great. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk, chat with you about how marketing's kind of evolved over these years for you. Um, so thank you so much, Gosha, for joining us. My name is Taylor Maroney, and I co-own a pressure washing company in South Florida with my husband. And I've worked in marketing for about six years where I found my passion for helping business, under, business, business owners, owners understand the, I think we have some feedback, um, understand the uh, analytics behind their numbers and how to go about making sure they're making smart marketing decisions on their um, marketing plans from those numbers. So super excited to have you with us today and welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Uh, and good morning. I'm Megan Likes, and I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. And I'm in Phoenix getting ready for ResponsaCon with Martha Woodward. With Martha! Hi! <laughs> and we are not smart enough to figure out how to not make it have feedback. So sorry about that. We're going to just get on the same computer screen. Um, I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. My passion is educating and empowering small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own Likes Accounting Company, a full-service accounting firm, and I have a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, in sunny California. And I cannot imagine it being three degrees. I just went for a walk in. It was like 75 degrees and sunny here in beautiful Arizona. So I hear that. I guess just come. You're coming. Like in a couple of weeks, just come and you can defrost or thaw or something. <laughs> so uh, welcome to Fight Club. Hey there, Gosha. Nice to see you again. I'm Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars. My husband's on his way to Phoenix to see you girls and keep you in line. Oh, yay, so he's on yay. his way. I miss you guys. You guys are going to have a lot of fun with him this week at, at ResponsaCon. And we put customer service rock stars in your home service business. So if you need help with the phones and emails and texts and all of that communication that comes at you as a business owner, Pink Collars can absolutely stand in the gap and help you manage all of that stuff. So welcome, Gosha, to Fight Club. I'm excited to talk to you about multiple locations today. That's what we're going to talk about. So cool. Right. Thank you. Glad to be here. And I'm Martha Woodward. I am a former owner of a maid service and co-founder of Quality Driven Software. 
and I help people build happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club. Thank you, Gosha, for accepting to be our guest today. And uh, you don't know what's in for you yet, but you will soon. And it'll all be good. I'll be good. I've got my coffee with Bailey's, so I'm all good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what did we think okay. about it? Our kind of girl. Wow. I love that. Oh, well, I feel I'm really jealous. Totally jealous. Well, awesome. Well, I'm going to steal you first, Gosha. And 20 years in business. Uh, first of all, congratulations. That's fantastic. And I love talking to business owners who've been in business for an extended period of time about how marketing has changed and how marketing in their business has evolved. Because every you know X amount of years, new types of marketing techniques come out. There's ways to go about marketing your business. So what's maybe something that you did in the beginning of your business that you may or may not be doing now marketing-wise? Oh, dear. Um, so funny story. When I started my business, I, I was cleaning by myself. I started this by myself. And so I started, I started with, of course, flyers. I was putting flyers. Uh, this is a funny story. I started after 9-11 around Thanksgiving. So I said to my friend, I said, hey, can you come and help me? I will go, we'll go to the mall. It's the busiest day. Everybody's at the mall. Let's put flyers behind the, um, on the windshield of every car. Mm. So it's you know, in Chicago in November, it's cold. So, you know, we are walking, putting the flyers in. And uh, like four hours later, my, yeah, I already had a cell phone. My husband calls me and he's like, hey, we got a call from the police. Um, You're not supposed to do that. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) My my advertising, my marketing plan out the door, right? So, uh, so, but that was the one time. Uh, the the other thing that we used to do that we don't do anymore. Uh, my husband again. We I lost my job. We have no money. I'm starting the cleaning business, and I said, "Hey, I need to advertise." So of course, I'm going for all these BNI meetings and all the meetings. And there was a wrap for Fun Book, Yellow Book, right? Hmm. And he sells me advertising yellow book for two thousand dollars a month. Oh no! We got to do this. We, and he is like, "Are you kidding me? Two thousand dollars a month?" I'm like, "Yeah." And it's a contract, right? For twelve months, the book comes mm-hmm. out for a whole year. Yeah. So did that. We made wow. it. We made it. We made it. And this is the part that I love talking about because. We tend to forget the old habits that we did when we were marketing, like the way we all started initially. And it really shows the transition of your marketing to ways you've adapted those similar tactics to potentially what you're doing now. So what are some of the ways that you go about marketing now? Do you have, um, you know, any type of advertising running on Google? Are you working really more on the commercial side? I know you said a lot of commercials where some of your work is versus Mm -hmm. residential. How does it kind of divide up for the business right now? So right now we are, because we are in commercial and residential and two different things. um, And we are also in disinfecting. Um, RJ Patel from PCT is my business partner. Mm. And um, so we are doing that. Um, I said, happy birthday, RJ. (laughs) Oh, happy birthday. 
I'm not sure if he's listening or not, but happy <laughs> birthday, RJ. Um, but as far as the residential, prior to 2020, we were doing a lot of uh, Google ads. Okay. That was the primary focus. Google ads worked beautifully. Um, then 2020 happened, all of that changed, right? So you constantly, you, you are, you have, it changes from month to month what we do. And uh, at this moment, pretty much since last May, I have stopped all my advertising uh, because the employee market has been a nightmare. So we had to shift all of our money that was allocated for uh, marketing for customers. Now it's marketing for employees. Mm. Okay, so I want to dissect this a little bit because I've heard a lot of industries who do go into homes once COVID did hit. This was something that they did very similar. They had to shift funds to other places, pull back from marketing because people were in a state of fear and not really knowing what the unexpected was and what was going to be happening. So they really didn't want people coming into their homes. So when you made that shift, obviously you still have some form of marketing going, whether it's free from referrals, it's free from you know having discount codes that you have your clients give out to you know their friends and family. What's a way that you still keep new business coming in, even though you're not putting marketing dollars into your marketing budget? So at this moment, um, even though we are not spending a penny on Google ads, our um, website is really, really working. Um, we are getting clients. I do have a full-time salesperson and she is um, still working leads. We are getting leads. The one thing that I have learned um, somewhere in one of my conferences that I go to, that it's really important to have blogs. And it used to, before you would have one blog a month, mm -hmm. uh, that I'll oh, have a blog every two weeks. Now you need to have a blog one, uh, we have a blog going twice a week. And I believe that blogging and I believe that and SEO that my marketing company is doing, it's really, really making the leads come because we are not spending a penny and we are getting about 200 leads a month right now. Wow, that is fantastic. And we don't even want the leads. <laughs> we, need to, we need to pump the brakes, <laughs> too many. <laughs> no, because we are constantly, it breaks my heart that we constantly keep telling our clients, sorry, we are booked, we are booked, we are booked, but yeah. Well, let's talk briefly because I only have a little bit amount, little amount of time left. Um, so blogging, this is something that has been on the rise again, and you are correct. It was a once a month, you know, then it was every two weeks, and now it is coming to more of a bi-weekly sequence. Um, and it is the process behind blogging is really to allow your customers to do three things, know, like, and trust you. Those are the three things you're accomplishing through this blog and you're giving them education as well on the business and the services that you provide. So could you just give us just a brief example of one blog that you guys have posted this past month? Or am I putting it on the spot? Good question. Market pros does it. I honestly don't know because I have a company that is fully doing that. And yeah, I like that answer. That's a good answer still. I don't I cannot So um I am yeah, I have a company that does my blogging, so I really don't know. Awesome. Hey, what else? Awesome. Awesome. 
hats off yeah. to you that you don't have to be blogging. <laughs> I don't week. want to be doing that. No, I don't know. No. Not at all. I love it. That's I feel like uh, I feel like I'm on Family Feud because that was that was a good answer. Very good answer. <laughs> good answer. So um, I'm all about uh, allocating that off, and Michelle talks about it with delegating with systems and things it's all about that delegating. So it's all about the delegation. So what I'll do is I'll kind of pull some research while um, you're chatting with the other ladies and kind of throw an um, example of your blog up. Into I will tell you. I will tell you as long as it, I get the, I'm getting the leads. It's working, right? It's working. So it exactly. is. It's working. It's working. That's all you need. So just to recap briefly, because I'm going to get the hook. Um, Gosha went from doing traditional marketing, like we talked about 20 years ago, which was yellow pages and flyers and, you know, type of door-to-door -door type sales situations. To then when she got to COVID, prior to COVID, she was doing a lot of Google AdWords, which is a lot of what businesses do tend to hold strong on for their marketing. But then COVID hit and that was not the key for her. So she made the transition into really heavily working on her SEO and blogs. And that's now bringing in her 200, you know, on average leads a month, which is fantastic. So there's so many different ways you can go about marketing and really refining your budget. And I know Megan loves to talk about the budget side of things. So I feel like this is a perfect transition to hand you off to Megan Gosha. And I really appreciate your time with me mm -hmm. and... I'm going to go look for that blog right now. <laughs> All right. uh, good morning. I am the note kicker, so that's why I'm frantically tapping over here. Um, I love this idea that, uh, you know, we can kind of choose our own destiny with how many leads we're getting in. And it sounds like that's something that you've been really thoughtful about in your business. And so I want to ask you two. Well, you can choose. I have two things that I'd like to talk to you about. One is how do you determine which clients are going to serve service when you're short staffed? Like, is there, do you, are you analytical about those client relationships, especially when we're going through a labor shortage, like we just have, or the second one is I was showing Martha our, um, like our goal setting sheet last night for Jeff likes clean windows. And, and it's the first time I've been really thoughtful in advance about like how many leads do I want or do I need to generate the, the sales and the production that I need to hit my financial goals. And so I thought maybe you could talk to us a little bit about that strategy planning session for you that happens every year. So which of those makes your heart sing a little bit more? Which one do you get more excited about talking about? Um, we can definitely talk about a strategy and how we go about choosing the leads that are our ideal leads. Okay. Um, so, so if you can kind of go through that process, is it, a, is it an annual process? Is it a quarterly process? Is it a monthly process? Um, and when do you start that? Like, when's the first time you start thinking about like, hmm, how's our funnel looking? Right. So um, we do quarterly strategic planning. We just did ours on Saturday. Um, so we are really looking closely at where our goals, where do we want to be? how you know what's the number of clients what's the revenue number of clients um how many employees do we need how many trainers we need right so everything has to match together um obviously these days um because of where we are the economy covid so many people are in this omicron right now happening um we are being very very selective as far as the type of leads or the type of clients that we want Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we are looking for the ideal client 
who is our ideal client and then my salesperson will go after that um, ideal client right now we talk every single week we have a meeting on wednesday morning with our entire uh, office team and we discuss okay where were we last week how was last week how do we want to position ourselves for the next week so before we went live you mentioned that you have nine openings in your company right now are those you need to hire nine people so if you're in the Chicago area and you're interested in working for an awesome company, <laughs> she's hiring. Uh, this is your free uh, recruiting ad. Um, so how how do you even have sales and leads discussions when you have, I'm assuming those are nine uh, cleaner positions or? Correct. Yeah. So you, you're short staffed by nine people and you still have a funnel from your SEO coming in. So are you, do you have openings in your schedule or are you queuing up a waiting list? Or we are, are, are queuing up a late waiting list. We are entering every single client, every single lead into our database because I am telling my team, guys, this is not going to be like this forever. We need to have a good, I mean, we need to have a bank full of leads for mm -hmm. the bad times because you know, how long can this go like this? It's not going to. Um, so we are still working the leads. We are putting them into our CRM uh, software and and um, still accepting them. Do we have openings? We do have two specialized teams that do nothing but deep cleans and mm. um, one-time jobs, big jobs. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, three, three teams. Um, so if those teams have openings, we do take uh those clients and those are big ticket numbers right right uh as far as repeat clients we don't necessarily have many openings unless somebody cancels and also we did a price increase across the board we send out over 600 uh increases we increased everybody 10 percent or more and um we lost a few yeah. clients i believe i believe we have lost eight clients if i'm mm -hmm. not out of 600 it's out of not 600, bad right <laughs> not bad. and so we're seeing um you know we're seeing inflation right now trending at seven percent as a average which means in some places it's more um so you went ahead and and so if you're listening to this and you haven't raised your prices by at least 10 percent in the past 12 months you're actually behind there's money coming out of your pocket uh that that is due to the economy um and by raising them 10 percent uh you're saying that you had a less than, well, about a 1% loss rate. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. like people just didn't even blink. No. Um, I so love the wait list idea. I love the idea of curating your list. I love that you're raising your prices on your existing clients. Um, have you had used this as a chance? Like I know with call offs, especially with Omicron, I just feel like it's so contagious and so many people are getting it. Have you had a chance to kind of reorganize schedules in terms of which clients you service and where and which techs are doing them? Like, has it been a bit of a reorganization for you and your company? So we have been doing uh, teams, mm -hmm. but now we are really shifting more, more towards uh, solo cleaners. We have mm -hmm. 20 company cars, so we need to kind of utilize those cars. And we do have big homes, so we will still be doing uh, teams. Uh, but we are shifting more towards solo cleaners and pulling all the smaller houses, anything four hours and under to solo cleaners so we can have more productivity. We mm -hmm. can squeeze more jobs 
because one cleaner will do uh, two houses a day versus three clean, uh, two cleaners will do sometimes three houses a day because of the travel time. So we are trying to really optimize our routes where mm. the cleaners live because of we, where we are in the Chicagoland area, the traffic is uh, ridiculous sometimes. Um, so we are optimizing where the technicians live and uh, really doing zones and really trying to optimize as, you know, um, creating the most efficiency out of the jobs. I, I love that. I just think that that's so brilliant. I think that we've, for the past two years as business owners have hit all of these struggles, right? Like first it was, we couldn't go in homes and then it was, we were going in homes, but it wasn't safe. And then it was, nobody wanted us in their homes. And then it was, uh, we couldn't get any staff to go in home. You know, like, I feel like it's just constantly this, like, I don't know, I feel like a game of Frogger before we get killed or something. Um, and every time there's been that challenge, every time there's been this like difficulty, uh, I've, I've tried to take it in my business. It sounds like you absolutely have to uh, take it as an opportunity to just restructure it to serve you better. Because now we all know we're not making any money when we're driving between jobs. And you have a long list of clients to service. And what's the best and most economic way and efficient way to do that? Um, I'm sure Mar Martha's really excited to talk to you about the culture part. So I'm going to stay away from that, especially because she can actually hit me today. She's like right <laughs> next to me. Um, and I think we're headed down a systems discussion. So I think it's a good opportunity to pass you to Michelle to talk about like, how do you keep that all organized? <laughs> how do you structure that? Um, and I just, before I pass, I just want to, for the listeners, leave this as a chance. Like now's a great time to mix things up. You don't have to keep doing things the way you've been doing it. She's been in business for 20 years and she's, she's changing the whole business model from teams <laughs> to solos to serve her and ultimately serve her clients in a better way. So um, I think that's fantastic. All right. Love it. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Gosha, so you came from the corporate world and so do I. We have very similar stories. We started our business because we were parents of young children. Um, I love when a corporate person steps into business ownership because I feel like we bring a lot of those tools with us when we come. Um, when you started your business, it was clearly hard scrabble and you climbed your way. What things have you brought sort of from your corporate memory um, to your business that help you every day in terms of systematizing it? Because like most people would be very scared. It's their source of income to restructure. Something is a little bit scary, but it happens in the corporate world all the time, right? People get pink slips, people get moved to different departments and that happens a lot. So Tell me how you bring that sort of knowledge into your business and how that's helped you with this restructuring that we hear is happening. <laughs> right. So when it comes to, you know, the corporate corporate world, um, I wasn't nothing fancy, nothing big. I was just an uh, accounts payable clerk. Um, so it was not a big, you know, dream job. Accounts payable is really fun. I was an accounts payable. It is good. I was going to say, <laughs> finance is <laughs> However, I worked for a very large law firm that had mm. multiple locations. And um, it, it was when I was working there, it was like, wow, this is amazing. They have a department. They have a person delegated for everything. There was yeah. a system. Uh, there was AR, AP, um, HR, everything, every department. And a person was delegated to that particular job. 
And when I started my company, that was my dream. That was that, mm. that was my vision to this is what I would like to have one day. Yeah. And we have that. We do oh. have that. I am I'm really proud of my team. I'm so blessed. They are all amazing. Um, we have AR, we have HR, we have salesperson, scheduler. So it's really everybody has their own uh, delegated job. Mm-hmm. Their own so role. have really implemented the sys- d- different jobs. And what I find, at least in our business, I find that when you let people own their role and that's their job and that's what they're responsible for, you get so much more out of them because they feel like it's theirs. They get a sense of ownership. Whereas when you're small and you have the person answering the phones, doing the bookkeeping and doing the scheduling and doing the hiring, and it's just that person's pulled in many directions, it's really hard to scale. So kudos for you for getting to that point where you could have all those departments. Um, and me, I was there where I was doing everything. Then yeah. I hired a person that was doing half and half, right? We were sharing, but everybody always owned their own thing. I get it. I totally get it. So when you said something that I'm going to key in on, you said different locations in your law firm. So you probably took that little piece of information and applied it to your business as well. I see that you're not only in Illinois, but you're in Texas. How did that happen? That's a little bit of a commute. Explain that to me. I love to travel. So why okay. not? <laughs> Just get on a plane to go to work. Why not? Yeah. So tell me how you ended up in Texas. So I will be honest with you guys. I started that last January. I was, I got that idea. Actually, I got that. I take it back. I got that idea back in um, October of 2020. And I was, I went to visit Sharon Timberg. I went for her birthday, for her birthday. And I have never been to Texas. I've never been to Austin. And I fell in love with the city like, wow, this is beautiful here. Aww. And my salesperson lives there. My, I have a salesperson that has been with me for three years now. She actually lives in Austin. And she was looking for, um, she was always like, you know, perhaps, um, let's say making more money or looking for an advancement. Um, so I said, hey, Carrie, you know, would you, what do you think if we open an office here? And she says, sure, let's do it. So we did that um, back in uh, January. Um, we started, actually, no, our first client, we got on the first client back in March. Uh, okay. uh, March 1st, that's when we launched the business. Let me tell you, that was a <laughs> time to open a business remotely. Um, yeah, oh, I can imagine. Employee shortage was a hell. So oh, it, no. it was just a nightmare. So we did that for about three months. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? We need to put that on pause right now. Yeah. So we are still getting calls, but I'm hoping that we are getting more clients, more employees. I'm hoping yeah. to restart that office again in uh, this upcoming year. I love that. And I love the fact that your salesperson had the hustle enough to say, yeah, let's do it. I mean, that's a great attitude. And everybody should have in their business people that are smarter, faster, sometimes even younger, 
and more awesome than us as owners because it really brings a new vibe into your business. And I love that. I love that. Um, so working with your salesperson remotely, as you know, all of our teams are remote. Tell me what systems you're using to kind of keep connected to this person. What was her name? Carrie? Carrie. Mm -hmm. Carrie, okay. Tell me how you're connecting with her and how she's kind of running your business from afar. Because that's pretty cool. Um, so we have four people here in Chicago in our office here. She's there. Technology is a beautiful thing these days. It is. <laughs> so, um, we have voice over the internet. Her phone mm -hmm. is there. Um, she is, we are using Mate Central now. Oh, beautiful. Um, okay. It's working great, and she answers the calls. We have a chat line here with the team here, and um, Google Sheets work yeah. great too. So, and of course, our it. weekly calls uh, are as a team. We meet on Zoom with her, mm -hmm. and it's Beautiful. great. It works amazing. So. Well, it sounds like you've got it all dialed in and you're just talking about people, which is a perfect transition for me to hand you over to Martha and she'll talk to you about your people and culture. Thanks so much, Gosha. It was very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Okay. Hey, first I'm going to, I want to tell you all a funny story about you were talking about the flyers and getting the call from the police. I early days, I was a scrapper too, and um, my kids were around 9 to 11, I think about that time, and anyway, I had printed off 1,200 door hangers, and they had like a time-sensitive offer on them, and I had my kids get friends, and anyway, we had a van. I loaded up these kids in the van. And man, we were hitting the neighborhoods and, you know, I would drop them off on like two of them off on one street. They were supposed to each hit sides and blah, blah, blah. I had a system. I, and I tell you what, I lost them for a moment. Martha! Martha! I knew all these streets were like all over the place in the neighborhood and I'm I was panicking. I did locate them, and it was in the summer. Oh, wow! And so um, I'm I'm pulling this in to say that was probably my first pay for performance system within the late service because what happened is the kids were just dragging. You know, they were who knows how many miles they had walked. You know, in the like hundred degree heat. So they're dragging and I'm looking at this stack that needs to be delivered still. So I was like, okay, you guys can quit now and I will pay you this. Or we can finish this stack and then you'll get paid this. Plus, I will take you to Target and let you redeem your money right now. And then we're going to have a swim party. You know, I, it was like my first pay for performance and you better oh, believe they knocked it out. It was funny. Uh, okay. So for people, I want to talk about your, like your management structure and not everybody has a real, I hate to say system because I'm stepping on Michelle's toes, but I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I love the weekly stat meetings. I've always been a very big fan of the weekly stat meetings. And um, 
I know how I do it. I'd love to hear how you do your Wednesday meetings. And like, do you, do they have to get numbers in a spreadsheet prior to the meeting? Or you can explain a little bit of the process. People would love to hear that. Yes. Um, so we have a full agenda. I prepare this the day before and I share with everybody. And um, we discuss, they have to share a positive thought. Everybody has a minute to share a positive thought uh, from the week. Then uh, we go through our vision, mission, and uh, values and purpose. And then we discuss about what we have achieved last week, what were the goals, and what have everybody, if everybody met their goals. And then we go through our weekly scorecard. And then the weekly scorecard, they have to record, every department has to record their numbers. So uh, we want to see the trend that we're going up with everything. <laughs> Not everything, but uh, let's say cancellations, we want to see down discounts. So we track many, many things. I love numbers. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not good with numbers. I'm horrible with numbers, but I, uh, I have an accountant that works with me, with us here at the office. And um, I always say numbers don't lie. So if there is a hiccup, we will see. So we really, really have to pay attention to our numbers. So that's why everybody has to report on their numbers and their goals. And then, we, and then we set our goal for the week, what everybody has to work on. So Elizabeth's asking if you follow EOS. Yes. Yes. So we actually did our traction meeting this. We thought we do traction. Uh, we just did our quarterly uh, traction meeting and we love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I saw that Renee O'Brien came to you and facilitated the meeting. Right. Yeah. I, it's, I feel like it's better if somebody else facilitates the meeting versus me doing this because right. I am part of the team. Um, so we can all uh, discuss. And plus, Renee has been working with my team uh, for about three years now. Mm -hmm. uh, she has uh, her calls weekly or every two week calls with every department. Um, and she is a, she's absolutely amazing. Um, so I love how, you know, she facilitated uh, the, the entire uh, process. And then everybody has their goals again set for the next 90 days. Yeah. I yeah. love, I, I work with Renee too. Yeah, Thank, too. Thanks, Martha. <laughs> I We're love fans. that. We're fans for sure. And Correct. I know you also work with Sharon Timberg and uh, that's, she's awesome too. Yep. Um, so do you do any type of pay for performance with your management staff? With my, my management staff is on a profit sharing program. Okay. So every quarter they earn a profit sharing, uh, they earn a, a, a commission or mm -hmm. percentage of right. the growth. Yeah. So that's how they are motivated. And I, you know, everybody has a job and I explained to, it's eight, uh, eight of them eight of them on the team for the uh, profit sharing program, uh, a bonus, I should say. And if the salesperson doesn't sell, if the recruiter doesn't recruit, if the sales doesn't sell, if the schedule doesn't book, right, everybody has a job that has to work together. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, the field managers, if they don't pay attention to the quality, 
uh, we will be losing clients. So mm -hmm. that, that everybody understands what's their role and how they affect, how they, right. like how their job affects that next person. And that really works really well. So they earn pretty great bonus at the end of each quarter. They are super motivated by that. That's awesome. Yeah. So even though that profit sharing, I still consider that, you know, a form of pay for performance because there is, I mean, you know, that's all it is, is just creating that incentive reward right. for exceeding the threshold. So I mean, if they perform, if they the office that, you know, when they, they, as they run the show, if they all perform, they benefit from that. Yeah, exactly. And then if we exceed our goal, we have a special treat. We have a fancy dinner. We go get our, we go to a spa or um, now we are hitting a goal, um, quite aggressive goal for next year. For end of 2022, we want to grow 45%. Oh, wow. It will happen. It will happen. Last year we grew 27%. So they did that. I'm sure they can do it again this year, especially we hired a full-time recruiter. So yeah, she's yeah. recruiting people for us, staff. Um, so I know we can do it. Um, and uh, we said, okay, we will have a full weekend getaway. If we get that 45%, we will go to Michigan uh, for wine tasting, you know, so they are all pumped up. So That's awesome. Great. I Great. love that. I, and <clears throat> So take that in, you guys. It's it's really, I mean, yes, we develop a lot of systems around bonuses and their financial rewards, but take in what she's saying in that she's also incentivizing them and, and rewarding, thanking them with an experience. And I think that's huge. It's just huge. And it is, you know, you're doing things with your team that maybe they've never done and they probably wouldn't do on their own. And it's such a team builder. So kudos, you're building a great team and yeah, you're going to hit that goal. That's awesome. Last, last year, our goal was 20%. We did 27. So we wow. did, um, we actually, we, we are actually going to do a full day in the spa. They don't do that for themselves. They cannot, yeah. they, they don't want to spend the money, you know, right. and they spa and treating. So that's what we are planning on doing as a reward because they have overachieved, right? Mm -hmm. um, the goal, uh, surpassed the goal. So now because it's bigger, I told them the next next one, it was going to be Hawaii. So wow. <laughs> <laughs> Once you hit five million, there will be Hawaii forever. Okay. And a reminder to our listeners: she's hiring, so you know, <laughs> right, right. trip to Hawaii, nine oh one spots. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'll wrap it up, but I do want to say that Gosha and RJ are presenting a session at the Quality Driven Conference. For any of you listening, it's for all service businesses. So we would love to see you there. A lot of us will be there and uh, can't wait to see you in San Diego. It's not very yeah. long. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You cannot wait to be there and get away from Chicago. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
uh, February 22nd through February 27th and in sunny San Diego and awesome speakers are lined up. Um, fun, amazing race, luau. What else are we doing? We've got uh, 80s welcome party. I love how we Do you have me. all your costumes. You have to have, well, you don't have to have, but 80s night, there's the luau. I've got a great costume for John and I. And <laughs> then the amazing race, which I'm kind of a crazy fan about, but uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. You guys need to join us. Yes. All right, Tay, I'm going to pass it back to you. Awesome. Well, Gosha, at this point in the show, we go ahead and assign some accountabilities or homework for the week for our listeners, just to make sure they're putting into action what they listened to today on the show with you. So you can feel free to add some homework at the end. We'll kind of go around first so you can get a feel for how it works. And just a reminder to our listeners that please only choose one piece of homework this week. We only want you to really work on one task that's going to move the needle forward in your business. And then we do have the accountability group that allows you to ask questions, work with other business owners to make sure you're accomplishing that goal. So marketing homework, I want you guys to take a look at your marketing budget that you most likely went ahead and should have done end of December last year for this upcoming year. And I want you to take a look at maybe what you can remove to be able to replace with something that might be of a lower financial cost and still get a very similar benefit. Um, talking with Gosha, she was able to you know, remove Google ads from her campaigns and be able to really focus on SEO and blogging to still produce an average of 200 leads a month. So there's so many different ways that we can go about solving one problem. And, you know, the problem we're talking about here is lead flow. So take a look at your marketing budget. Take a look at where you're spending your money right now and really see if there's a creative way that you can take, you know, a look outside the box to be able to still bring in that same amount of leads with potentially spending a little less money. I love it. I'm actually going to piggyback a little bit. Um, Gosha, I just like how you do this planning every, it sounds like every week and every quarter. Um, I've been doing a lot of it lately for Jeff Likes Clean Windows, and I've been actually helping a couple of other window cleaning companies do it. And they're always shocked when I, when I tell them, like, so set your goal and figure out what your average ticket is. This doesn't work as well for maid service because you have recurring revenue, but uh, for, for single ticket items, it works really well. So set your goal, figure out what your average ticket is, and see how many clients you need. Right. And then when you increase your average ticket, either through bundling your services or raising your prices, watch how the number of clients goes down. And and we figured out, I think Tay's been helping me a lot, that um, if we can get more recurring service in our business or if we can get higher average tickets in our business, we can actually cut our client list in a, like by three quarters to four fifths and still mm -hmm. make the same amount of income. And I think we'll have happier and stickier relationships. So I love that, Gosha, you you switched to single man teams for your smaller jobs. You're really thinking creatively and outside the box. So your challenge this week for your finance homework is don't do it the way you've always done it. Like, don't just service the same clients because you've been servicing them for 20 years. Really be thoughtful about who should you be servicing, how should you be servicing them, and is there opportunity in your business to do it a little bit differently, whether that's changing your team structure or changing the frequency or changing the bundles that you're doing with your current teams. So that was a lot of financial work. If I yes. could add one more thing to this. 
uh, let me tell you one thing. We have residential and commercial. Residential is, um, commercial is 21%, residential is what, 79%, right? Mm -hmm. We have, right now we have about 690 clients total. Only 59 clients are commercial and they are making 21% of revenue. Wow. Add on to your resident. If you have a residential or you have a lot, just add on another service, something that you're, and you can do a free advertising to all of your residential clients. Mm -hmm. Send out an email. Those people already trust you. Those people, you are already at their home. They already trust you. Many of them own businesses or work somewhere. And um, commercial business is a beautiful thing to add on. That was such a beautiful homework. I love it. It's good homework. Um, and so just to rehash, using your existing customer list to launch a new service um, and then being really thoughtful. We say that, you know, that 80-20 that rule, I think you just give us a great example of how that works in your business mm -hmm. um, and just being aware of who, where your money's coming from, right? You don't right. have to do the way you've always done it. Right. Okay. Uh, awesome. 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 Find us somewhere. Go ahead, Michelle. And Gosha, for those of us who don't like numbers either, because I'm in your team with that, I numbers kind of freak me out every once in a while. Um, I would love everybody to look at their drive time with their crews. If you have two-man crews, three-man crews, trucks, single-person crews, how you look at those and look at the drive time and the efficiency and see how you can work on capacity this week. Because Gosha's showing us that she's going to be able to actually strategically shrink her, her overhead and her drive time and all of that outgoing expense for her team members um, by just looking at that capacity number. So understanding how to see, how to squeeze that capacity down, I think is something that everybody could take a few minutes to do. And January is a perfect time to do it because it's the beginning of the year. So look at that capacity this year. That's what I'm, my homework for today. Thanks so much. <laughs> all right. And I'm going to say to... Get creative with your management incentives, okay? So here's the thing. Many of you are probably listening thinking, I don't have a management team. It's just me. Mm -hmm. I just was saying this in the Culture First group that, you know, so many people are kind of burnt out and they're just covid Lack of staffing, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's a tough time. And I was just saying in that group that, listen, even if you are a management team of one, you, mm -hmm. we still need to approach it the same way. So you in Renee O'Brien time blocking fashion, she's always trying to get me to time block. You should time block a meeting with yourself. I mean, have a regular management meeting, even if you're a team of one. And this is what I was really encouraging in the group is that you still need to set up goals, incentives for yourself. And if you have a management team, great. And incorporate in the reward. All right. So even if it's for yourself, you need to be focused and you need to treat yourself because there is that dopamine release when you do that. I mean, it, there is an actual chemical shift when you reward yourself. So you 
need to get that practice started. And uh, I love that you do that with your team. And it's so cool. Um, and then if you have any homework, Gosha, you can assign homework now or you can say, yeah, everything's covered. So whatever you want to do. And homework for me. Yep. Oh, well, homework that you want to assign. You get to be the teacher and uh, assign homework if you want. And sometimes we, you can assign homework that you want to do, right? You're like, oh, I feel inspired. Well, yeah, there you go. That's right. Truly encourage everyone looking at numbers. Uh, look at your numbers because really this is and, – and I would also – that's something I've learned from Renee in 2010, when we started working together, we created a spreadsheet and we track revenue for each single year, each month, each year. So I had, I have a history from 2010 and I see the numbers going up. And when the numbers go down, I digest what happened, what, 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 what changes do we have? So I really, really encourage everybody to really have a, very close look at numbers on like a spreadsheet. It, it is incredibly powerful to understand how your business is performing. If I did not have that, I would not, in 2016, I would not know my salesperson that I currently had was not good at what she was doing. But the numbers showed. So it's all in numbers. I, I will, I'm going to add to that just a little bit. I was doing some strategic planning with another business uh, last weekend. I, I helped them kind of come up with their plan. And it was really fun to show them where they were five years ago because mm. the team had had kind of a hard year and they were, you know, feeling a little frustrated and things, you know, just weren't really going the way they wanted. But when you're able to like take a, a step back and look at the growth over five years, it's really inspiring. And right. I notice it can drive energy and it can drive enthusiasm. Like, I mean, it feels hard right now, but look how far we've come. Look at all that we've accomplished. So that's a great reminder. And I'm very uh, transparent with my team, my office team, uh, management team. And I showed this for the 10 years, right? Almost 11 now. And they were like, oh my God, this yeah. is wow. Yeah. Truly inspiring. That's great. Sarah Mitchell said that this was so inspiring. So thank you, Gosha. And uh, Sarah, Sarah, you'll get more of it at San Diego. She'll be there. And Sarah, we're in Phoenix. We're just like right. We're right yeah, next to you come right now. Come say hi. Sponsicon. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, and we got quote thank of the thank you, Yeah. Ten. How Gosha. Yeah, how do we get a hold of you, Gosha? We're going to ask you that next. If anyone is has any questions, anything, please do not hesitate to call me. My number, I can. You can put my number in the chat. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm afraid for you. Are you sure? Website's <laughs> <laughs> good. Emails nice. I will tell you. I do have blocks also for what I do when I do things. So yeah. I'll put you in my block on Fridays. That's my day of like, okay, I am free. That's my day that I don't do anything. I don't schedule anything. So I love that. Three numbers. Great, great, great. If anyone wants to write it down, 630-967-4999. Or uh, find us, Helping Hands Cleaning Services, Elmhurst. And you can just call my office and um, someone will pass the message to me. That's awesome. The hotline, the Gosha hotline. That's right. <laughs>
I love it. And we always finish with a quote of the day. And so this week's quote is from Warren Bennis. And he says, in life, change is inevitable. In business, change is vital. So I loved that one. It fit for today. Thank you so much, Gosha, for joining us. We had a great time with you. And everybody stay warm out there, especially you two in Phoenix. And have a great week, everybody. And thank you for joining us. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Bye. See you next week. Go bye. 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Sounds good. See you guys. With Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.